Every day, the average American produces 4.4 pounds of trash. That's the equivalent of 100 bowling balls every year going into landfills. And Americans use 500 million drinking straws every day. That's enough to fill 125 school buses a day, or 46,400 school buses every year. You're listening to Cooler Earth, a podcast of climate exchange. Your weekly dive into energy transitions, sustainability, environmental politics, and all things climate change. Each week, we feature special guests and in-depth discussions with your hosts, Amanda Griffiths, Ryan Maya, and Maria Virginia Olano. After our episode on the oceans and specifically ocean pollution, we wanted to explore this issue of waste and single-use plastics specifically. And so for Earth Day, in the office, we came up with the idea to have a Zero Waste Week. Yeah, and we thought, how fun would it be to corner our office mates and, and interview them about how their Zero Waste Week went just to see exactly how people encounter waste, what what exactly was adding to their specific waste, what problems they were encountering. Because waste is such a huge part of our daily lives, and you don't really notice it until you decide to take notice of it. Right. And that's really what we found out. Right. And the, the underlying problem, though, is that we're very used to trash being like we just throw it out and it's mm-hmm. gone out of sight, and we don't have to think about where that bag is going after the trash comes and picks it up. But as as you say, we dug deeper this week and we realized that we produce a lot of trash. And it, it, the, the tough part about it, too, is it's really difficult to avoid. Like you go to the grocery store and so much produce is even wrapped in it. And it's difficult to find places where you can have the option of bringing your own containers in and to go beyond kind of the low-hanging fruit of bringing your own grocery bags uh, and produce bags. Just any processed food is going to come in some sort of packaging. So whether it's plastic or a cardboard box or there are all these different containers and packages that we can't really escape either or it's Uh, difficult right and this has only happened in the last 70 years in the world Mm -hmm. as it became kind of more commonplace and it was all convenient but now Mm -hmm. we've come to a point where it's a little too much and we have to start rethinking the ways in which this single-use plastic everywhere is is affecting the planet and our own health too Mm -hmm. Right. So we first encountered kind of looking into the issue of waste with our Plastic Reefs episode on the podcast. And that's where we looked at plastic waste and the ocean, just even diving into that and looking at plastic waste that's accumulating and how plastic breaks down and and is kind of broken up into these smaller pieces and takes 450 years for a plastic bottle to decompose. 20 years for a plastic bag and really seeing like a physical manifestation of our impact on the environment because not only do you have that waste but you have all of the emissions that went into producing that packaging right that you used for two seconds it's that all of these are petroleum products Mm -hmm. plastic because it's not only the waste after you've used it but it's producing it and getting to that place that also causes greenhouse gas emissions creating this kind of vicious circle and in massachusetts consumers use about two billion plastic bags every year and on average only one percent of plastic bags in the united states are actually recycled meaning the average american family only recycles 15 plastic bags a year which is pretty dismal 
Yeah. Especially when you consider that it's something that you use for five minutes, however long it takes you from the supermarket to your home. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it takes 20 years to, to decompose. Looking more deeply into this, what is the issue of waste disposal in landfill? What's the problem? What, What happens when my trash ends up in a landfill? So you have to clear off a certain amount of land from the get-go to then place all this waste. And then you're looking at kind of a combination of different products and materials that you're piling together. And so some of that, if it's organic matter, it's producing methane as it decomposes. But a lot of that is also trapped in plastic trash bags or, or combined with other things. So it's not like composting where you're putting just all degradable food products together so that you can make you know, soil from it and, and kind of have a second life for it. This is all completely wasted organic matter or products that are taking longer to decompose, plastics in there. You have anything that you think about putting in your trash can. It's, it's all ending up there. So it's not a really productive cycling of waste. And so we're running into issues where a lot of municipalities are running out of landfill space even because we're com- contributing so much waste that they just don't even know what to do with it now. And actually, uh, municipal solid waste landfills are the third largest source of human-related methane emissions in the United States. So that's really a lost opportunity to use a lot of that energy because that methane is carbon energy. If we could maybe capture that somehow, we could put it to good use, and people are actually experimenting with that. So that brings us to this lifestyle of zero waste that has become increasingly popular, and that's what we attempted to do here at the office this week. But it turns out it's extremely difficult. Even Mm -hmm. quitting plastic turned out to be extremely difficult. It is. It's everywhere. Well, so what I realized, this happened the day before. So this happened the Saturday before we started, because Earth Day was on a Sunday. And I sat down for breakfast, and when I got my glass of water, down with a glass of water went a straw. And without even thinking, I just opened up the straw and put it in my drink. And then I saw it there and just realized, I just mindlessly put a straw in my glass and I didn't even think through that. It's second nature. It is. It it hits you how ingrained it is. And that's even in the good scenario that they put it near your drink. In many cases, you don't get a choice and they actually just put it into your drink and that's how they bring it out. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, Colombia, where I'm from, (laughs) passed a law last year in which it is illegal to do that. Really? So at any food vending place, it's illegal to give you a drink with a straw and the law is they need to ask before they bring the straw. They need to say, do you want a straw with this? And so in that, many of cases, people will be like, oh no, I don't like, I don't need it. Right. So that's a little step that is kind of better. Right. And it makes sense for a business even in the U.S. to be doing that because it saves you from needlessly ordering all these straws. And I'm sure the cost isn't that much, but it's something to, and it's so quick for a server to just ask if you want that straw versus arbitrarily putting it down. So we've got Tim here and Tim is our resident policy expert in the office. So Tim, how is your zero waste week going so far? So my Zero Waste Week has been uh, kind of rough, I'd say. (laughs) So Uh, what's like a big challenge that you experienced? When you go to certain places, like for example, last night I was at an event and I ordered a adult beverage and it came in a plastic (laughs) thing and I was like, I'm not going to like not get it. I didn't realize until after that it was coming in this plastic Mm -hmm. cup. And so that was kind of a challenge Mm -hmm. because that broke my, my stride for the last few days. But at the same time, I go to Stonewall College. I'm finishing up my degree there. 
And we just recently implemented this program to reduce waste. And that actually has been really good because almost use no plastic every single day for all my meals. So, Can you tell us a little bit more about how that works or what, what the program looks like and how it was implemented? Yeah, so the program essentially replaced this old single-use throwaway plastic containers used by students. So when students went and got food at the dining commons, they would go, uh, they would take the take their food to go and they would have it in this plastic container they'd just throw away. So what we did is we essentially replaced those with reusable containers that could be washed and reused and had like drop-off locations and also for things like coffee which i absolutely need in the morning <laughs> um we also have this mug sharing program too so oh. i haven't actually used plastic for those days at least very cool i think there's a lot that college campuses can do because their students all frequent the same dining halls yeah. and so it's easier to implement either like trayless dining or, or other small initiatives that reduce waste a lot and it's tough to extrapolate that out to us beyond college when we don't have that. The one thing that's kind of gives me hope even beyond the college camp, obviously that's a small change, but an important mm-hmm. one, that these students are going to go forward and they're going to realize they don't need to use plastic mm-hmm. and everything. And right. that, you know, small system changes or if they have the opportunity to not use like reusable containers yeah. or, 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 you know, single use containers. And I think they're more likely not to. So it builds habits for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a good start. Building. No, I'm really happy to for this entire week overall. I think it highlights some very important things. One of the, the big things is just how pervasive plastic is, plastic waste is in our world now. Mm-hmm. And I think put into at least stark relief for me, two ways that you can move away from that. You know, one of those ways increasing awareness of and so consumer demand for less plastic use in our everyday products um, will lead companies and packagers to not produce as much plastic and to, to go towards more no plastic options. Mm-hmm. But I really don't think that will happen unless there's sufficient demands. So this this mm-hmm. kind of conversation and people doing this uh, is one step in the right direction with that. Other issue is that it's systemic, like you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So like essentially the issue of plastic waste amounts to kind of a market failure on the part of companies and consumers, mm-hmm. whereby like they can't really fully internalize this next negative externality they have mm-hmm. on the environment. And I really think that more than that, the heavy concentration and ownership of large food companies and packaging companies means that we are, I think, less likely to see significant moves towards no plastic unless we get this massive tipping point in, right. in um, consumer Kind of behavior but i think that that's kind of not reflective of kind of the group of individuals who really want to see change mm-hmm. so i feel like there's almost a need to correct this market problem through some kind of innovative policies or you know industry-wide standard so but i think we've definitely started seeing that now with more package-free alternatives or mm-hmm. alternatives to plastic which are still i think small scale mm-hmm. but at the same time it's significant and there's all these entrepreneurs today, millennial entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. that want to start companies that are more sustainable and move away from single-use plastics like the way that we used to. Yeah, and I definitely think those are going to be the model that the future no-plastic um, use with products is going to be based off of. So Kristen is our programs director here at Cava. So how has your Zero Waste Week been going? So. It's definitely been a challenge, I'm not going to lie, but (laughs) I really love that we have challenged ourselves this week, that's for sure. And initially I was looking at kind of my food consumption and I went to Boston Public Market to purchase my produce, you know, with my reusable tote bags and start the week off right. But really this week has helped me become more mindful 
kind of everything that I'm doing that involves waste. So on Sunday night, you know, when I was putting on my body lotion, which I love, and it's fragrance-free, and it says that it's 97.9% natural, that's what I always go for, I looked at the back, and I was really shocked to find that some of the ingredients really aren't sustainably sourced. So there was palm oil in my natural body lotion. And I was really upset because yeah. I go out of my way to purchase products yeah. like this. So, you know, once this bottle is done, that's it. What will you be switching to? Well, uh, we've talked what a few... options? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we've talked a few times in the office about this, mm-hmm. but I definitely think I'm going to go more towards naked products. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to kind of a big, big problem, which is beauty (laughs) products in general, because they are usually come in tiny plastic containers and Mm -hmm. we use a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And so when I began thinking about going waste-free and plastic-free and I looked at my bathroom cabinet from my shampoo, body lotion, all of our makeup, Mm -hmm. everything comes in plastic packaging that we have to throw away. And it's scary. But there right. aren't very many options out there. Mm-hmm. There aren't convenient options out there. Right. right. Yeah. And going beyond that, tampons with plastic applicators. I was reading that the average woman goes through 11,000 tampons in her lifetime. And a lot of us are, were raised with plastic applicators because they're more convenient. But that creates even more waste on top of the product itself that you're using. And the wrapping. Exactly. It's also plastic. Exactly. Yeah. So there are alternatives, baby steps towards alternatives. So maybe a cardboard applicator instead of a plastic one. And if you're not comfortable going with other options, but that's another huge source of waste that you don't even really think about it until you do. Yeah. (laughs) Until it's this week. It turns out our clothes are made from plastic too. Well, not entirely, but there are fibers within our clothes that are made with plastic. And so that's something else that I went through this week through all my tags in my my clothes. So what would you, if you're looking on your tag to see if there's plastic in it, what what does that look like? Lycra Lycra. is plastic. Polyester. Polyester. Polyester plastic? Mm -hmm. Fleece might be. I'm not 100%. Fleece is plastic. So that's another problem too, because once we, yeah, once we discard those clothes, even after donations, Mm -hmm. once they go out of the cycle. And a lot of it is fast fashion too. Like a lot of polyesters and like very cheap, like cheap, trendy pieces that people tend to turn over really quickly and they have a very short shelf life. So that just adds to it. Right. And I've even Mm -hmm. heard that the plastics in our clothes actually get into the water systems because when we wash them. Yeah. Yeah, there isn't the correct oh. filtration system in For our those washing fibers. machines, so leads to another problem. <laughs> it's definitely the environmentalist's dilemma, and it happens with food, it happens with clothing, it happens with beauty products. That everything you're choosing has pros and cons to it. I mean, there's no you you can't really have anything that has a zero impact if you're looking at it feasibly, looking at the life cycle analysis of any product that you're eating or. or consuming in any which way and so it's this whole cost benefit you have to do in your mind every time you find something of how can i make the least impact possible with this this year sweden announced its goal to be become a zero waste nation by 2020 which is yeah, how do you do that and they are on on the way to do that mm-hmm. with extremely rigorous recycling but also they're doing they burn their trash and create fuel which is perfect because it closes the circle and 
it's all contained so it doesn't create a, any new emissions. Right. And, and that's like the concept of a circular economy. And so it looks at the life cycle of a product. So what is going into how it's created? What materials are they recycled? They're virgin materials. Then how at the tail end of the cycle, how are you reusing those again? The way it's set up is you don't ever think of anything as waste because theoretically you shouldn't have any garbage or trash waste or waste at the end of it because everything should be able to be circled again into either a new life or a new product and really looking to at the lifespan. So how long are you having it? What's the longevity of this product what are you using it as what is it going to become and it's kind of the new wave of looking at a new economy where it's not just continued consumerism and everything being new every time you use it actually the european union recently passed some legislations regarding a circular economy called their circular economy package that actually happened just a few days ago and throughout the eu states are going to have to have 55 percent municipal recycling by 2025 60 percent by 2030 and 65 by 2035 Wow. See, so we are turning the tide. Things yes. are things are getting better and there's definitely yeah. more consciousness. Definitely. So we're here with August and how's your zero waste week going so far? Fairly well. I do try my best to make my lunch at home, bring it in because it's cheaper, it's typically better. I don't mean to pat myself on the back there, but <laughs> and ultimately it's uses less waste kind of being forced to examine that a little more closely this week definitely uh, demonstrated to me why there is so much waste because it's easy you know i you have a busy day or busy weekend you want to prepare as much lunch as you can for the week but even if there's probably going to be some snacks or some other food that you want to bring in it's probably going to be in a single-use plastic or paper container despite your best efforts there's that and then there's also you can really only bring in food if you have the time set aside, you have the habits, and you have, like... Yeah, so would you say the majority of your trash is from those kind of single-use, more processed food, like chips and things that you can't necessarily find outside of those? Yeah, packaging? like, I'm a, I'm a bar fiend. I, I think as in a granola bar. Yeah, a granola bar. <laughs> yeah, you know, Nature Valley, Cliff... <laughs> Great supplementary calories. Right. I think, and maybe this is especially me because I ride my bike to work, which means that I'm hungry all the time, and so like I need a lot of calories, and so it's it's harder to stuff more calories just into my lunch. I kind of have to be eating all day, or else I feel like I'm gonna fall apart. But yeah, as we were kind of alluding to with the plastic straws, businesses have something to gain, and the economy has something to gain from recycling more. Because yeah. it takes a lot less energy to produce these things that are already somewhat processed and mm -hmm. to just reuse them instead of having to create a whole new product. Yeah, and one of the issues that businesses that are more involved in the circular economy now and using recycled products as the beginning materials for their own products, what they're saying is an obstacle is a lot of times they don't have enough access to recycled products to then right. make their own. And so a lot of it, they're saying, we're here, we're ready to be doing this, but we need consumers on the tail end to be responsible enough to recycle so that we have 
those starting materials. So it's not, not only going to be businesses stepping up and wanting to use recycled materials, but it's going to be consumers on the tail end at the end of a lifespan of a product disposing of them in a way that they'll be recycled. But this is where the state also needs to play a role in making it easy for mm -hmm. people to recycle and recycle in the right way, right? Because recycle right. is one of these also phrases that's become, or words, right. that has become everywhere. So mm -hmm. you can recycle this, but do you actually? Where do you put it? And where is that going to? Right. How is it being recycled? And so, for instance, in Germany mm -hmm. and in other places around the EU, every single plastic bottle has a barcode in which it specifies what kind of plastic it is made of and what's the composition. Mm -hmm. And at the grocery store. So what people usually do is when they do their grocery run, they come back with all the bottles, put it into this machine that then scans it and sorts it mm -hmm. in the right way. And then gives a 10 cent or something mm -hmm. rebate back to customers. And it's not even about the, the 10 right. cents back, right? But it is an incentive and it makes it precisely easy. Right. Because at the end of the day, you need to make it easy for people to recycle. Exactly. Because most people are not going to go out of their way or their busy lives to right. do something. And that's why most people are just throwing everything mindlessly in right. the trash. Right. And I, we are, I see us taking kind of baby steps, like in Boston, where we have single stream recycling, that is slightly more easy, but even looking on, on the government website, and I did, I wanted to research it a little more this week and really look into it. And they don't have any delineation for, num for what number of plastic right. something is. They just say, generally speaking, and I think it's to try to make it easier for people. Like all plastic containers can be recycled and things like that. And it took a lot of Googling for me to look because takeout containers a lot of times are number five plastic, which I know is not necessarily recyclable everywhere. And it took a lot of Googling for me to confirm And it was from like a random news station article from like three years ago that said specifically spelled it out the number five plastic is recyclable in Boston. So we're here with Jonah. Could you tell us a bit about how have you done this week for zero waste? I've been terrible. <laughs> this has been the worst week of my life. I've learned a lot about myself though. Why is that? <laughs> What have you learned? I learned that I have zero willpower. I learned that plastic is everywhere. And because I'm doing carbon pricing, I've been applying that to this the whole time. And I was like, hmm, is this what it feels like to be a business that pollutes and they're so used to polluting all the time that they think that carbon pricing is like a crime against their rights as a, as a business or something like that. That's how I felt as a human being who just... As a polluter. As a polluter. I just, I'm a prince of plastic, right? And I know it. I know it down to my core. And... This, I maybe this in a different world, this could change me, but it just didn't. It did. I, I want to paint a picture of, of something that happened earlier this week when I was downstairs in the kitchen washing some of my reusable dishes that I had that I made my lunch in, and I saw you walking through the entrance of the church and you were carrying uh, a disposable plastic bag, mm -hmm. and inside that disposable plastic bag was another disposable plastic bag filled with Sour Patch Kids. You weren't supposed to see any of that. That wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't for you to see. That was supposed to be outside of the jurisdiction of this regulation, and then I would fix it and then bring it back in. That was the plan. What about the plastic bag? See, 
that was my fault as well because the <laughs> yeah. lady started putting it in the plastic bag and I was too awkward to tell her to just take it out of the plastic bag. I should have. Yeah. To be honest, that's, yeah, that's been a thing mm-hmm. that is a problem in this transition is getting over the awkwardness because yeah. people are so used to just doing things and they because look at you polite. weird sometimes when mm-hmm. you're like, no bag, thank you, no straw, please. Yeah. And yeah, you do like get over the awkwardness of being, I mean, I will even say if they've even started putting it in, I'll say, no, no, I'm so sorry. Like I'm going to just throw that away in two seconds. I really don't need it. I'm just walking across the street and they'll always take it out and then just reuse it on next customer. So what are some of the things that did go well? Did you make any changes this week? Or anything that now that you've gone through the week, looking back at it, you think you can't change? Well, I think that we should do this again. And we should do it with uh, another kind of punishment. Because you guys are very nice people. <laughs> and I knew that if I broke the rules, all I would get was a, like, a little bit of a hard time from you. Which was, wasn't enough for me to change. You know? <laughs> I need a punishment. A very clearly outlined punishment. Like, <laughs> like one dollar idea. Like you you yep. know, have a jar. And then it's a waste jar. And every time you throw something out, the jar is right above the trash receptacle. And you just put a dollar in there. Yeah. And then, well, then what will we invest this with our investment from that money we could do things like get the fold-up disposable bags that are easy to just carry around for groceries and or produce bags and, and just have our containers around. aluminium mm-hmm. containers for lunch things like that yeah but i'm on board yeah let's as do a terrible polluter i am on board <laughs> we all are to some extent yes and, and just that was part of the lesson right yeah. this week is that we can no longer consider ourselves just consumers mm-hmm. talking about these big polluting companies because at the end of the day every single day we are polluters too if you enjoyed the show please give us a rating on apple podcasts and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite listening platform and follow us on instagram at cooler earth New episodes air every Thursday before your morning cup of coffee. Stay tuned for next week's episode, and thanks for listening. Stay cool.